And here we are with another episode of Conversations and Connections, the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the prevention coordinator for the agency. And with me today, probably one of the people that outside of uh, the usual prevention team, one of the people I work with the most, uh, Greta Rich, our community outreach coordinator. Hey, Greta. Hey, Stu. How are you? It's been a long time since I've been called Stu. Uh, It's good. Uh, I appreciate you. It's a busy time of the year for you. And we've tried to schedule this a couple of times. And of course, we're going to get into some of the reasons why it's such a busy time of the year. Um, I think when this airs, it'll be uh, Christmas week when this uh, when this podcast goes out. But uh, again, Greta is our community outreach coordinator. And so first of all, Greta, kind of like what I do with everyone, uh, tell us a little bit about your position in the agency. Exactly as community outreach coordinator, what does that, what, do, what responsibilities does that entail? The main focus of my role at the Family Crisis Center is to create awareness of our agency in the community. And that's one of the reasons I work closely with you in a lot of areas is the education and the awareness factor that we try to create just to just to let everyone know that we're here in our community and to educate people on what sexual assault and domestic violence can look like. Yeah, because I know a lot of the trainings that I do, you're a part of, you know, sometimes we'll take turns. Greta does her part then I'll do my part or. Sometimes we even collaborate, and a lot of the times uh, the things that we do, we do together almost as a team. Uh, it's almost kind of like you're an honorary prevention team member, uh, so so to speak. So what are some of the projects that you're responsible for? Now, uh, I want to talk about the Family Adoption Program here in the, later, okay? because uh, uh, this is uh, the time of year for that. But outside of that, uh, I know you have your hands in a lot of different uh, projects that the agency does. Let's talk a little bit about that. I do have um, an involvement in a lot of different areas here at the agency. Uh, just because community outreach um, has so many different facets to it, and we try to reach out to so many different people, uh, different groups, and then we try to create awareness in different ways to to touch a lot of people, um, and some of those ways are um, national awareness months. There is April, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and then there is October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. On each of those months, we're really busy here at the agency. My role in that is scheduling events and getting speakers at those events, um, determining the people that are going to be invited to the event. Um, And at the the event, we'll have speakers, we'll have information on our agency, as well as the National um, Awareness Month, uh, such as the Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We um, just share with everyone, try to get everyone uh, just informed of what the month, what the topic of that month is, and how it affects us as an agency, and then how it affects the community or how we can help the community um, on both of those occasions in April and in October. Uh, we 
we get a lot of community involvement in those uh, in those months, and then we have a lot of our staff here at our agency involved as well, um, just to get different um, audiences and different uh, try to increase our attendance at those events, sure. and uh, just get that information, get that awareness, that information out there, and inform our community. You know, in our society, especially in East Texas, I think um, sometimes people may not even realize what sexual assault and domestic violence can look like. Yeah. Um, people may have experienced that or have seen their parents or a family member experience um, that in their home. And since they were raised in that environment, they might not even realize the severity of what it is right. and what, what they've endured and what they've uh, gone through. Well, I know a lot of these events, I may do a presentation on behalf of prevention or, or, or whatever, but you're the one that actually, a lot of times you put the event together. You're the one that gets the people, gets the presenters, uh, schedules the venue. Um, what else? Uh, you know, promotes it, you know, you do a lot of stuff with our webpage and with our Facebook page and our social media and, and, and things like that. So I know you have a, and that's where I guess where our paths cross a lot. Yes. You know. Yes, and that is something that I really love about my job is the event coordinating and planning. Um the you know the early stages of the planning is um sometimes it's a challenge but um I like I like it. Um I think it's a fun thing to plan an event, you know, from the beginning and then have the event happen um and then you know finish it out um a lot of times post something on facebook or on uh, instagram about it or on our website as well and then send thank yous or express thank yous to anyone that was involved and then a lot of times we uh try to track the attendance um just to see who all we were able to reach out to to improve on that event yeah. if we have something similar in the years to come um to to go back and look at it and see how we can better um, how we can improve or uh, make the event better sure. and reach out to more people. One of the things that you're responsible for, which is a big undertaking in itself, is you're you're more or less in charge of rounding up interns every year from uh, from I guess uh, SFA and at Angelina College and also the volunteer program here. You're that's kind of your responsibility as well. It is. It is on both of those. On the interns, uh, we do have a lot of internships available. We have um, several different schools within SFA that uh, we coordinate with for the the students to, um, they're normally um, in their last semester when they come and spend their internship here with us at the agency. Um, So they're about to graduate. It's an exciting time for them. Um, it's a really a growing experience usually for them from the time they start with us to the time the end of the semester rolls around. Uh, that is usually starts um, a couple weeks into the semester, whichever semester it is, and then they finish out before they graduate, a couple weeks before they graduate. So they're here with us for quite a while, and they treat it like a job. Um, they're very they, – they learn uh, or they improve on their responsibility um, side of their personality, and uh, it just really preps them for getting a real job in the real world. Um, and they learn about all of our um, all of our events, all of our um, 
programs that we have then that we offer to all of our clients. It's a real learning experience for yeah. them. And, and then and then we also even have um, at Angelina College, we have the nursing students there. Um, and the nursing students in the, in the spring every year, we have several students that come. We are one of their rotations. They spend one day with several different um, agencies, organizations here in our area, and we are just one of those organizations. And we see uh, about three or four different students um, two or three days a week for several weeks, yeah. the majority of the semester. Um, but they are more of the clinical side of the, their they're going to become RNs when they graduate. So there's more of the, they, their viewpoint is a little bit different um, because it's more clinical, but at the same time they see um, in all of our interns, the beauty of them being here and our organization being small is that they see um, the different viewpoints of the different uh, aspects of our organization, what it takes to run a small business. Right. And and the, the interns, not necessarily the nursing interns, but the mm-hmm. other interns that are with us for the whole semester, um, they kind of rotate around, right? They may work at right. the safe, you know, in the safe house for a, a while, and then they'll maybe answer phones up here at the front. And then they may, I know um, they'll do a lot with us in prevention Mm-hmm. Um, when we actually do have tabling events and things like that, that a lot of times they'll they'll come help us out mm-hmm. uh, with those or paint banners for different things. And in a normal world, <laughs> right? Exactly. They do. Yeah. They do not just attend, but help us out with all sure. of these events. Yeah. But then they do, like you said, they do all the prep work. Yeah. Um, no matter if that's um, getting invitations ready to send out or or an item that's going to be passed out at the tabling event, or buttons. buttons making, are, making buttons. Buttons are a, <laughs> are a huge item for our college campuses especially. Yeah. And those, you know, they crank those buttons out. They, you know, right. they, they really get in there and work that button maker. Um, and that's a skill. Um, how, <laughs> yeah, I, it takes a <laughs> that That button maker is not easy. You have to practice on that thing for a while before you kind of – you kind of get good with uh, with that. How many interns do we usually have every semester? Every semester, um, aside from the nursing students at Angelina College, we usually have um, anywhere from three up to seven. Um, so it just depends it on does. the semester, I guess. It does. And, it and really everything. does. Um, but we're open to um, you know we've had a few students that take their their whole. Um, college education online, but then they come here in person right. to do an internship yeah. with us as well. So, And then we have some people here who work for us that used to be interns. We have a, I don't know the percentage off the top of my head, but it yeah. would be interesting to see because so many of our yeah. um, current employees, our, our current staff, started out with us as yeah. interns. They just love us, so they apply for that <laughs> job as soon as one comes open. And let's talk a little bit about volunteers. Uh, the volunteers, and, and I know there's so many volunteers we have that I'm not even aware of. The volunteers that I kind of know of are the uh, the Alpha Chi's uh, sorority. Uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about them and, mm-hmm. and the role they play in, mm-hmm. in helping us out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Alpha Chi Omegas, um, the chapter at, at SFA 
uh, and their, their nationwide philanthropy is sexual assault and domestic violence. So we work very closely. Uh, we work hand in hand with them because we uh, do appreciate volunteer work or have volunteers here that um, help us out in such a big way. Uh, they make such a difference in what we do. Um, and on the, the Alpha Chi Omegas, they are each individual person in that chapter. There can, from semester to semester, there can be up to um, uh, over 100 um, sorority members at a time, active members. Um, and each of them are required to do a specific number of hours per month with their chapter. Um, and those volunteer hours are with us. Yeah. So we benefit in a huge way from them. Um, and then uh, they help us out with different, uh, with our different events, preparing for the events, getting items ready that we're going to be using. And um, then they also sometimes attend our events, especially if they're just tabling events. Uh, yep. We enjoy having them help out. And then we also have the opportunities to do presentations to their group as well. Um, and that is great for them. It educates them and it satisfies their uh, requirements nationally for their national chapter. Mm-hmm. And then it, um, of course, we love to do um, presentations with anyone yeah. that is interested that we can um, just create awareness and um, um, just help them out in any way. Um, the Alpha Chi Omegas have been, uh, we've had that relationship for, uh, I've been at the agency for five years and it's been five Since plus then, years. at least, yeah. And they also have drives for us each month of the year, um, they'll do a coat drive or a canned good drive or a diaper drive, whatever we're in need of. We set that up at the first of the of each school year, and that way they're always having a drive for us. And then at the end of the month, they'll bring all the items that they collected, and then they also donated a check to us as well every at the end of every year. Yeah, so awesome. they're they're very supportive of us, and their their um, hours that they put in are just immeasurable. It's just it's phenomenal. If someone in the general public wants to volunteer, mm-hmm. what what are the steps that need they that they need to take? The first step would just to be fill it, to fill out an application, um, and they can um, get my email address. It's grich at fccet.com. Um, and I can if anyone inquires, all I do is forward. An application to them that get that gets the ball rolling, and people can volunteer for an hour a month, or they can volunteer several hours a week if they choose. If someone volunteers, what what are they likely to be doing for us? Uh, we have some volunteers that work that that put in almost equivalent to a full work week at uh, our thrift stores. We have several volunteers yeah. there um, in our thrift stores. They help sort items that are donated, um, and then they also do anything that's needed of them at the thrift stores. Yeah. And then we have uh, volunteers that, that work here in our office that come here and help us out too. Um, a lot of times they come uh, to help us out with uh, some of our events that we have for our clients, which are um, celebrations uh, different for different holidays throughout the year. And a lot of times we have um, we have volunteers that come. Some of some people are uh, people that that work full time and they just squeeze that extra volunteer time in. Yeah. Some of them are more retired um, or may not may not be working at the time and they'll volunteer. 
Um, and then we also have some older high school students that come in and volunteer Excellent. as well. Okay, we, cool. we actually have had a few um, teenage age kids of some of our, our um, employees, our staff, yeah. that have come okay. to help out. Cool. Excellent. So we appreciate every bit of it. You bet. So um, one of the busier times for you I've personally witnessed every year is around the holidays. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the agency's family adoption program that takes place every year around Christmas time. Now, this podcast is coming out where it's probably a little late for anybody to uh, – to help out with this or, or, or volunteer or donate. But I still want to talk about the effort that goes into this and with the program, because I want people to think about this um, next year. Um, right now, even in the room that we're in, uh, I'm surrounded by bags <laughs> and bags and bags of gifts and toys and presents for uh, our clients and their children. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the family adoption program and just what that entails. Family adoption <clears throat> program is just huge. Um, and these bags that Stuart's referring to <laughs> have um, just a tag on it uh, that says if it's one bag or more for each family, but it just has a family number. And that is because everything that we do for these families is totally confidential. Um but the beauty of it is our volunteers or our uh, people that donate to us, people that um, choose to help us out for Christmas, is definitely my busiest time of year. Yeah. Definitely. But um, it's amazing how it works. Uh, this year we had 83 families. These can be families that are in our safe house, or they can be families that are, are our clients that may not be in our safe house, but they are receiving some of our services um, and they we they turn in um, a list, including the parent, and then they list each child. They list clothing sizes. They list their um, their gender, and then they list. They make a wish list too. Um, typically, the kiddos will will put. Um, I think there are four four lines on that wish list that they can put items that they want, and then their clothing items, so that when someone adopts that family. Um, and to adopt, all you do is uh, call our office or send me an email. And um, usually most of it's done through email. Uh, people will give me their email address and I'll pull and they will let me know if they want a family of just one parent and one child or a family of one parent and five children. Yeah. And, um, and I'll email that wish, that very wish list that they filled out. I'll email that to the person. And then they have a, a window of time to shop. And we request a clothing or shoes, clothing item or a pair of shoes for each family member, including the parent, plus at least two items off that wish list. Yeah. So they are free to do to shop and then uh, turn it back into us. When we get it turned into us, we go through it and make sure that every every child is um, equally uh, represented or that each child has an equal number of gifts in that. Uh, occasionally we'll add something to that bag. Um, and then, then after I get that all ready, then I let the advocate know. And the advocate would be the person that the client has contact with from our agency. And I'll let the advocate know that that person's, um, Christmas is ready, and then the advocate will call them, contact them, and make arrangements for them to get that big bag of, or the couple of bags 
of right. items for them. And so the family, their their name stays anonymous. Correct. So you, you never know who it is. You just know mm-hmm. it's one woman and maybe one boy, mm-hmm. certain age. This mm-hmm. is their wish list. These mm-hmm. are their sizes. And mm-hmm. you just go out and, and shop. Right. I think we... Uh, we usually ask no electronics right. and, and no bicycles. No bicycles, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because we we have um, our clients in the safe house, and on Christmas morning, it's not really fair for someone to get an iPad and other people not. Yeah, or someone to get a bicycle and everyone sure. not get one. Oh, I, I, so yeah, we no, just we just avoid those, yeah, those big right, things. Sure. Yes, and I guess one thing I like about this too these these gifts are unwrapped and they remain unwrapped, and we let the parent. Wrap their child's gift exactly, you know, exactly. so and it's from them. Mm-hmm. And the parent takes ownership yeah. in that. They wrap, we usually include gift wrap. We request the person that is buying for the family that adopts the family to include gift wrap too, so that the parent can wrap those gifts for them and, and um, select how they want to do it. Yeah, so. One of the questions I'm, I'm interested in, and of course, I, I kind of know the answer now, but. You said we have 83 families. Right. Okay, what if only 73 get adopted? What about the other 10 that nobody picked up to buy for? And that does happen. Yeah. That does happen. Um, We get donations. um, And I, I have a few friends, actually, that emailed me and said, I would love to adopt this year, but I have to be at this event out of town on this weekend. And it's the only weekend I have to shop. So what can I do? Yeah. And they'll, and I'll let them know that we can take, um, we can, you know, they could write a check to us. Um, they could get some, you know, just financial donation to us and we can do the shopping for them. What about gift cards? We, um, if, if it is for, um, a general donation, um, in say if, if, uh, you don't want to adopt a specific family, but you and I just guess that's what I mean. Help yeah, out with sure. The cause. Right. Uh, that works great. Yeah, that, yeah. That not necessarily for a great. family, but like, hey, you know, I can't adopt. It's still a little far out yet, yes. but I want to give you a gift card mm-hmm. to shop for a family that mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. doesn't get picked up. Let's and we say. do that. We do yeah. that. And um, and you know that it's the outreach families that we have plus the the families in the safe house. And we may also have families that come in between now and Christmas. I mean, it's the week before Christmas right now as we're recording this, but during the days just leading up to Christmas and Christmas Eve, a lot of times we have families that come to the, you know, they've had an episode at home and, and they don't have a safe place to stay. So they come to the safe house. So we do have those last minute people. So we have a small supply of items uh, to pick and choose from for, for our safe house director, uh, to pick and choose from to make sure that they, if they come in last minute, they'll yeah. still have something too. Okay. But we were, do receive a lot of uh, just donation, financial donations as well. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what makes it work yeah. for those families that don't get adopted. Mm-hmm. What doing all of the, all these things that you do and, and not only just the adoption program, but everything else, what gives you the most satisfaction in doing what you do? Well, it's, um, especially at Christmas, it's um, just a real eye-opener every year. It's like it's it's new every year um, just to see um, how, how people are so grateful for such small items. 
Uh, I know this year we've uh, more than one. We had one of the wish list items was um, laundry detergent, and that's a real eye opener when yeah. so, when someone you know your most prized things that you want to list on a wish list is a it's detergent laundry detergent. It yeah. makes me realize how people uh, how fortunate I am and we are here. Yeah, um, just to have our lifestyle that we have. And the calmness that we experience sure. in our life, um, and what makes what what I love about it is uh, is the difference that um, our volunteers and our people that donate these families can the difference they can make in the lives of our clients. Um, yeah, they are in such need, and a lot of people are just so oblivious to it um, about what some of these people endure, and. Um, and you know we we also have the transitional housing um, clients, and those clients, you know, they're about to get back on their feet. They're doing better. Uh, they may have been in the safe house first, but those transitional clients as well, they're they, they are in need of Christmas as well. And yeah. just to see just to see the difference that that our organization, our um, our agency is making in their lives through the donations and generosity of our yeah. community is amazing but it's so it's so rewarding and so satisfying yeah. um to see that happen it's just amazing i want to ask you what brought you here and i say that let me preface this by saying sometimes it's more accurate to ask greta what she hasn't done <laughs> <laughs> in the past because it's like, it seems like even now I've known you now for about three and a half years and I'm always saying, wait, you did this also before you came here? So tell, I, I do want to, I want you to share how you wound up here at the Family Crisis Center. What did you do before this? And was it? Um, my background <laughs> is, um, is varied. Um, I've done, you know, from, from, being a school and wedding photographer to uh, working at um, placement agencies, employment placement agencies, uh, but um, which which I was really fond of, which I really enjoyed doing. But this the agency is so similar to that because the bottom line is that you're helping somebody. Yeah. And uh, no matter how crazy it gets and how crazy some of our days are here. Um, at the end of the day, we know that the cause is to, is to help other people yeah. and um, to help people that are really in need. Uh, and that's the bottom line. Uh, that's what I love about this organization, what we do day in and day out. And the craziness that goes with it is all, you know, for the good yeah. of <laughs> right. other people. But um, when I first came here, it was from an, I had a friend that was an employee here. And there was an opening. There was a, someone had left to go to another job and left and and open. Uh, you know, this position was open. And I, the friend that I had that worked here at the time, called me and she said, "You need to apply for this job." And she had been here for a couple of years uh-huh. already. And she said, "You need to apply." And I thought, well, so I checked it out, well, and it's here. just a great fit. Five years yeah, later, exactly. five and a half years sure. later, yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, well, thanks. Greta, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? I, th- I think uh, we're about to wrap up. Is there anything that you want to say? Any parting thoughts? No, not not really uh, specifically. Um, 
except for the Christmas program, uh, the Christmas adoption program, um, we, like I said, we do have last minute families, yeah. and it could be a mom and a or a dad. You know, we have we have men in our safe house too, right? Um, but you know, it could be a, a parent and one child, or we could have a parent and five kids that end up here on Christmas Eve night. Yeah. So yeah. Um, any donations, any um, you know, anyone that just wants to write a check to us to help cover the cost of that, um, we're we're so appreciative of that. And of course, we take donations any time we of the do. year. It's not just we Christmas, and it doesn't necessarily be for Christmas. We if you just do. have anything you want to donate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're more than welcome to get a hold of mm-hmm. Greta. That's uh, right. G Rich, G R I C H at FCCET dot com. That's me. Awesome. Thanks, Greta. Thank you. All Thank right. You, uh, if, <laughs> if you have any uh, questions or comments you would like to share with us, you can email us at conversations and connections at FCCET dot com. Also, if you feel like you need to get a hold of us, if you have need for our services or need to get a hold of us, we do have a 24-hour toll-free number. That's 1-800-828-7233, 1-800-828-7233. And as always, remember, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.